0: Welcome to Goosebumps Rewind, where shadows hold secrets and childhood tales echo through the night. I'm your host, Jake Bloodworth, inviting you to join me on a thrilling journey through the original 62 Goosebumps books. You know, I can still remember the thrill of the Scholastic Book Fair coming to my school and buying my first Goosebumps book. In this podcast, we'll unravel the mysteries, explore haunted landscapes, and resurrect the nostalgia of R.L. Stein's timeless tales. Together, we'll dissect sinister plots, delve into uncanny characters, unearth hidden gems that made these books spine-tingling sensations for generations. From childhood fears to adult thrills, we'll navigate the twists, the turns, and terror within the pages of goosebumps, so grab your flashlight. Gather around and get ready for Goosebumps Rewind, where heart-pounding stories and bone-chilling revelations await. Join me as we step into the chapters. This is Goosebumps Rewind with your host, Jake Bloodworth. For listener beware, you're in for a scare. Welcome Goosebumps enthusiasts to another thrilling episode of Goosebumps Rewind. I'm your host, Jake Bloodworth, and today we're diving headfirst into the shadowy depths of R.L. Stein's Stay Out of the Basement. But before we dive into the basement secrets, a quick shout out to our listeners. Thank you so much for joining me on this nostalgic adventure. Whether you're revisiting these spine-tingling stories or discovering them for the first time, Goosebumps Rewind is your virtual ticket to the world of R.L. Stein's timeless stories. And now as we dissect this classic tale, let's explore the creepy basement, the mysterious experiments, and unforgettable twists that might just have you casting a weary eye at the innocent plant sitting on your desk. Let's get into some fun facts. Stay Out of the Basement was originally released in July 1992, and is 122 pages, and is the second book in the series. This is one of the few Goosebumps books written in third person, which was originally phased out as the series continued. And the cover artist is Jim Thiessen. This is actually one of two covers in the original series in which the cover artwork was not illustrated by Tim Jacobus. The other being Be Careful What You Wish For. However, Jacobus did create new cover art for the 2003 reprints for both books. And now let's take a look at the cover created by Jim Thiessen, Dominating the forefront is a foreboding door, slightly ajar, leading to the ominous basement. The door has a human-shaped green plant-like hand reaching from beyond the door. This cover has a much more realistic approach to its art style. The the green plant-like hand looks very real compared to some of the art styles we see from Tim Jacobus. The cover reads, Something's Waiting in the Dark now let's flip the book over and read the back cover live plants dead people dr brewer is doing a little plant testing in his basement nothing to worry about harmless really but margaret and casey brewer are worried about their father especially when they meet some of the plants he is growing down there then they notice that their father is developing plant-like tendencies in fact he is becoming distinctly weedy and seedy. Is it just part of their father's harmless experiment or has the basement turned into another little shop of horrors? And now let's take a quick ad break. Calling off plant enthusiasts and Goosebumps Rewind fans, our spooky sponsor today is Basement Blooms, the ultimate plant food to keep your leafy companions thriving. Are your plants feeling a little too ambitious, perhaps eyeing that mysterious basement for some cloning experiments? Worry not! Basement Blooms plant food ensures your green friends stay content, well-fed, and blissfully ignorant of any botanical shenanigans. Crafted with top-notch nutrients and a sprinkle of caution, Basement Blooms is here to guarantee your plants remain green, lively, and uninterested in cloning their human caretakers. Because who wants a plant with a secret cloning agenda? So whether you're a seasoned plant parent or just starting your leafy journey, choose Basement Blooms, the only plant food recommended by Goosebumps Rewind because your plants deserve to stay out of the clothing business and focus on being your lovely, non-duplicating green pals. All right, Goosebumps enthusiasts, let's rewind into the eerie depths of stay out of the basement. Today's chapter unfolds like a classic 90s mystery, and you know we're in for a wild ride. We kick off with Casey and his sister, Margaret Brewer, just your average siblings, tossing a frisbee outside their house. Their dad, or should I say Dr. Brewer, refuses to join in on the fun and hasn't been up for playing recently. Margaret, reluctantly embracing the nickname Princess, hopes that playing with her brother will catch their dad's attention in the process. The kids sense something's off and it's not just their mom's unease with their dad being home all the time. Apparently, They're convinced that their dad got the boot from Polytech, and that move to California is now looking like a job relocation gone wrong. Here's where it really gets juicy. The kids joke about their dad blowing up a lab. I mean, he's a botanist. But they can't shake the feeling that something plant-related went sideways at Polytech. And intrigued, they decide to explore the mysterious basement that their dad guards like Fort Knox. The kids find that the basement door is slightly ajar and armed with curiosity, they decide to head down. It's a classic move, right? Show some interest and maybe dad will spill the green beans on his green experiments. (laughs) And here's where it takes a turn. Dad, usually as soft-spoken as a librarian, suddenly appears, green undertones and all, holding his hand with red blood dripping on his lab coat and looking very frustrated that he finds his two kids inside of his lab downstairs in the basement, he sends an ominous warning to the kids, as the namesake of the book implies, stay out of the basement. Two weeks pass since the incident in the basement, and Mrs. Brewer is packed and going to be with her sister in Tucson while her sister is recovering in the hospital. Margaret's friend Diane is visiting while Mrs. Brewer is taken to the airport by Mr. Brewer. Mr. Brewer's hand is still heavily bandaged, and Mrs. Brewer feels a bit of sadness and uneasiness leaving the kids. The kids, while this is happening, are all watching a VHS tape, and as the parents drive to drop off Mrs. Brewer at the airport, we find out that Diane is a bit of a science freak. The book mentions RoboCop and Frankenstein references, which uh, all of us 90s kids will will definitely get as, you know, kind of visions of what potentially their dad is doing in the basement. And Diane really wants to see what, you know, Mr. Brewer's working on. The kids are supposed to be doing their homework, and as, you know, kids do, they're procrastinating and decide, you know what? Let's not do our homework and go and find out what Mr. Brewer is cooking up in the basement. The kids decide to go down into the basement and as they get down the stairs, they see what looks like a jungle full of leafy vines and tree-like plants. They notice that it's like hot and steamy and they hear sounds of electric equipment uh, all down into the basement. And because of the... The environment. Casey decides to take off his shirt due to the hot and steamy climate. I think we can all understand being a, a boy and, you know, it's, it's hot, I'm going to take this off. And the kids, while this is going on, hear the sound of breathing, you know, coming from a tall plant, kind of tucked away and decide to investigate. You know, they think it's all in their head and Casey decides to get close to what appears to look like a phone booth-like device that's uh, kind of on the other corner of the basement and like any horror movie he decides to touch it and at that moment his entire body begins to shake and vibrate but as many boys of his age you know he continues to shake until he reveals it was all just a prank if you guys can remember the scene in jurassic park where dr grant's with the the kids and he you know, he goes up to the electrical fence, and he oh, he he grabs it, and starts shaking and shaking and shaking. You know, and the kids are all scared that the, the fence is electrocuting him, and it all turns out he was just joking with them, kind of like what Casey was doing here. And both of the girls, you know, kind of jump on Casey right away, you know, really how to punish him for the prank. And while that's, that's all happening, they hear a moaning sound coming from the plants, and it appears like a vine is attempting to signal them to kind of come back as the kids start to decide that, you know what, this basement is actually very creepy, and they want to leave it and kind of go back upstairs. You know, Margaret really felt like the plants were trying to reach out to them. After the kids get back upstairs, they see that their dad is pulling into the driveway. And they have that re- this realization that you know Casey had actually left his shirt back down inside of the basement. So Casey decides to go back to the basement to get his shirt. And they're very lucky in this situation because their dad is actually stopped in the driveway as he gets out of his car uh, by their neighbor. It, the, the Margaret had notes that. You know, Their neighbor isn't the handiest of people, and their dad is known to be pretty handy, so their neighbor tends to ask for a lot of favors from their dad. And Margaret, while she notices her dad kind of talking to her neighbor, notices that it's, you know, it's taking Casey much longer than it really should to go get his shirt. And she notices that Dr. Brewer really stops after talking to the neighbor to really take time and inspect the rose bushes in their front yard. And while he's doing that Margaret decides she needs to go back down and check on Casey. And Casey had, you know, darted downstairs and he had seen his shirt, but he notices the plants had really kind of started to grow around his shirt, and he could hear moaning from the supply closet. He questions why he was afraid, you know, of a bunch of plants. Like you hear moaning and noises, it's creepy, but at the end of the day it's just plants, right? And as he had grabbed his shirt, some plant tendrils grab him at the waist. They weren't, he noticed they weren't trying to strangle him, but really having a firm grip on him. Like what felt like, like animal arms gripping him. And this is when we find you know Margaret kind of catching up to him downstairs and really helps him escape the plant tendrils. And as the kids run up to the stairs, they see their dad staring at them once again at the top of the stairs, looking at them angrily with clenched fists. But to their surprise, their dad asks if the kids are okay, and he, you know, has a sense of disappointment in them. He, the kids, notice that he has a low, flat, cool, but not angry voice. It's almost very robot-like. The kids ask him about his work, but he continues to be very cold and distant. He says that he'll tell them about his work someday. He doesn't show any concern about their mother, and only says later. To the kids before closing the basement door behind him. That day, Dr. Brewer installs a lock on the basement door, and Margaret, as the day kind of goes on, talks to Mrs. Brewer on the phone, and they kind of both acknowledge that, you know, Dr. Brewer's been acting distant, not sharing a ton of information. Mrs. Brewer says that their father is working really hard right now, and as we find out that, you know, Mrs. Brewer is going to need to stay a bit longer uh, since her sister is going to continue to need additional surgeries to get better. They note in the book that Mrs. Brewer is on a payphone and, you know, here in 2024, good luck finding a payphone today. Mrs. Brewer says that Dr. Brewer's experiments are you know, really important to him and he's trying to prove that the university was wrong for firing him. Margaret tells her mom that, you know, their dad is always wearing a Dodgers cap now, which is a bit odd for him. And after getting off the phone with her mom, she finds her dad eating out of a bag at the sink, and very hastily. After he finishes, she checks the trash for the bag and notices the bag is actually plant food. Margaret tells Casey that she found their dad eating plant food. I can't imagine, you know, telling someone, you see someone really scrounge around for food like almost like a chip bag and it ends up being plant food. And, you know, she finds it very disgusting and they lament how much he's changed he's very cold and he doesn't ask how the kids are doing at all and a couple more days pass and Margaret and casey over their friend diane's house playing frisbee and diane tells the two that she heard from her dad that mr brewer was fired for not stopping his experiments when asked to it's a new revelation with this information in hand the kids return home and see their dad in the front yard checking on the roses again and casey tosses the frisbee at their dad and it hits him in the head Knocking off his Dodger's cap to reveal his hair had fallen out and bright green leaves were sprouting from his head. I can't imagine. You start to see all this strange behavior. You knock off a cap and you got plants growing out of your head. This startles the kids. And Dr. Brewer sits down with the kids to reassure them that everything is fine. And he heard from Mrs. Brewer that the con- kids were concerned about him. You know, Margaret had been calling her mom and expressing that concern. He explains that the work he is doing, and he's trying to build a new kind of plant by utilizing DNA, like splicing together a plant and animal DNA and some new hybrid. And Dr. Brewer says the plants on his head is a temporary side effect, and that makes Margaret really feel sick to her stomach. The kids have more questions, but to feel, you know, they kind of started to feel a little bit better now that their dad was opening up to them and understanding a bit more of the work that their dad is doing. That night, the images of her dad were really still haunting her for dad eating plant food at the sink, and she couldn't sleep, and so she really wanted to continue that conversation that they had with their dad earlier that day, so Margaret decides she's going to kind of go in and find him that evening, and as she starts to get closer to the master bedroom, she finds him in the bathroom, kind of nursing that cut on his hand, and notice it isn't bleeding but dripping a bright green liquid coming out you know this is this is startling right you that's nothing you never expect that At first you got leaves on your head now you got this bright green liquid coming out you know she runs upstairs and you know he she thinks that Dr. Brewer may have actually heard uh, her spying on him margaret still can't continue to sleep and goes downstairs to get a glass of water and once again her brother unknowingly this time uh, actually scares her they chat about you know how they feel that their dad is lying to them about the experiments and they finally both decide to go to sleep and Margaret decides hey she needs to she's gonna Really needs to get to the bottom. of This is going to confront her dad She goes to the master bedroom and notice you know He isn't there and but she also sees clumps of black warm insect filled soil in his bed can't imagine right? I mean, your bed is where you sleep. You want that as clean as possible. I mean, I at least wash the sheets once a week, at least. And now she sees all kinds of soil and bugs. You know, that's a, the story gets even stranger for them. With everything going on, Margaret feels she has to tell Casey. So the next morning she finds him and tells him everything that happened the night before. And she also confides in her friend, Diane, about everything that had been going on as well. And her friend continues to call her dad a mad scientist. Dr. Brewer that morning emerges from the basement and decides to provide lunch for the kids. It's something that he hadn't done in a while, really paid any interest in them. And the kids notice that it's this green pulpy substance that looked like mashed potatoes. I've never had like a green lumpy mashed potatoes before and the the kids note that their, you know, dad really he doesn't make them food and he calls them his guinea pigs. That doesn't make you fa- sound good when Your friend is calling your dad a mad scientist. Dr. Brewer says that their mom called and their aunt is being moved out of intensive care, which should allow their mom to return home soon. Dr. Brewer insists on the kids to eat the food he prepared. The kids are worried it will turn them into plants. I can understand, you know, their dad is sprouting leaves. You know, Margaret's seeing, he's like oozing like some type of green liquid and now he's feeding them some weird food. I mean, I can imagine as kids, right? You're, you don't have your mom around. Your dad doesn't, isn't acting right. You know, as, as kids in this house, this is a very intense, you know, moment for them. Saved by the bell, the doorbell that is, Mr. Martinez from Polytech arrives at their house to check on the work that Dr. Brewer had been working on. Mr. Martinez admits that he was forced to let Dr. Brewer go by the board. Mr. Martinez and Dr. Brewer head down into the basement and the kids tell their dad that they like the lunch he prepared. Secretly, they did not eat it. They decided to dump it in the sink while Mr. Martinez and Dr. Brewer were greeting each other. The kids feel that their dad isn't being truthful and agree that the answers are all in the basement. The next afternoon, their dad steps away to help their neighbor install the new sink that the neighbor had asked about earlier in the story. The kids see this as their opportunity to find the answers in the basement. Margaret uses a paper clip to open the lock on the door, and the kids feel that heavy, damp air coming from the basement, stronger now than it was before. The plants look thicker and more plentiful compared to the last time they visited. Margaret and Casey here notice that the plants look prehistoric, almost. As they are exploring, they hear that moaning and thumping continuing to come from the supply closet, they had heard it previously but it really feels much more intense now. Casey screams again as he thinks another plant has gotten him again. It turns out a squirrel had actually entered the basement through an open window in the basement and brushed up against Casey. I mean, now you don't you can't tell fur from plant at this point which is kind of scary. <laughs> The thumping from the supply closet seems to have intensified once again, and as the kids seek to investigate, they notice a set of clothes tucked away under a workbench. As the kids kind of start to look at the clothes, they notice that it actually matches those of Mr. Martinez. He had visited the day before, but you know the kids couldn't remember if he actually had left, uh, and now worry that had a plant eaten him. And as the kids are trying to process everything, they hear loud footsteps on the stairs as they attempt to hide. Luckily, the kids have met that squirrel, and the kids actually are able to escape through the window that the squirrel had used to enter. Their dad finds him after he leaves the basement knows they're lying when they tell them that they were outside. The kids ask about Mr. Martinez's clothes, and Dr. Brewer tells him he got hot due to the extreme temperatures, similar to their brother Casey, you know, required for the plants and had left his clothes. He says that he had called Mr. Martinez and was planning to return his clothes. The kids felt relieved. You know, the kids were upset with themselves, thinking that their dad could have done something terrible to Mr. Martinez. I can't imagine. Like you don't ever think your parents would do anything terrible to another person. And Dr. Brewer once again reminds the kids to not go to the basement, that they could be very sorry. And the kids wonder: is that a warning or a threat? A few days pass and Margaret is spending time with Diane on Saturday morning out riding their bikes. When they return to Margaret's, they see Dr. Brewer pulling out of the house and he tells him he's going to the airport to pick up Mrs. Brewer. This makes Margaret very happy because now she's going to have someone else besides her brother and Diane to confide in. Diane and Margaret look through old copies of Sassy and People magazine along with listening to some new tapes that Margaret had Bought for fun. It's kind of funny. It's just, I think of myself as a kid reading, you know, like a sports illustrator and at least listening to tapes my older brother had picked up. And she tells Casey their mom is coming home and they decide to fly kites on the nice day to kind of pass the time. And the kids remember the kites are actually in the basement. So they decide to go down to get them. And as they go back downstairs into the basement, the plants seem to curl at them. And as the kids find the kites, they notice more Mr. Martinez's belongings. I actually notice like Mr. Martinez' wallet with his Amex. The kids are smart. They know that their dad is lying here. Mr. Martinez would not have left his pants and his wallet behind. That's not normal. And they continue to hear that moaning and that thumping, growing louder from the supply closet and agree they need to open it. The plants continue to tremble and follow them on their path. The supply closet is nailed shut. By a two by four piece of wood. Casey's able to find a hammer, and the kids are able to break open the supply closet and are horrified at what they find inside. The closet is filled with strange plants that all had human features arms, feet, hands, and faces that were bellowing out those moaning sounds. Margaret notices a pair of human legs behind the strange human shaped plants. She sees her dad bound by plant vines and his mouth covered by electrical tape. Casey is reluctant to help in assisting because he doesn't know who is this unknown Dr. Brewer as they just saw their dad leave to go to the airport. They debate but they decide to pull the tape off of his mouth and he tells them that the other Dr. Brewer is actually a plant copy, that the plant copy is actually who's out going to pick up their mom and he's the real Dr. Brewer. This version of Dr. Brewer tells him that Mr. Martinez is in the closet as well. The kids notice he's tucked in the back bound as well. Margaret cuts Dr. Brewer free, hoping he will explain everything as he had promised. And instead, he leaves the closet to grab an axe and head towards the kids with a look of determination on his face. Dr. Brewer raises the axe and loud footsteps are heard as the other Dr. Brewer and Mrs. Brewer appear running down the stairs. The kids and Mrs. Brewer are all concerned and confused that both Dr. Brewers are claiming that the other is a plant. You can picture the Spider-Man meme with all the different spider man kind of all pointing at each other, which is their real father. Margaret leaps into action and wrestles the axe away from the supply closet version of Dr. Brewer. The Dr. Brewer that just returned home asks for the axe from Margaret as he says the other Dr. Brewer is dangerous and needs to be destroyed. This has got to be super confusing for the kids and the mom who's just coming back after been helping her sister for weeks. And, you know, Mrs. Brewer does not know what to do. The supply closet Dr. Brewer calls her princess to comfort her in the situation. And she asks Casey to grab a knife from the table. So at this point, Margaret has an inkling because the supply closet Dr. Brewer is calling her the nickname that we know that she didn't always love being called from earlier in the book. And she sees both Dr. Brewer's have a bandage on their hand, and she's going to use it in a knife. to which of them is real. Knife in hand. She stabs the supply closet uh, Dr. Brewer to find that his blood is actually red. She hands him the axe, and the supply closet Dr. Brewer slices the other Dr. Brewer clean in half, taking the axe and just going wallop all the way down his body. His body was actually a stem, and he had no bones or organs. It's clean cut. Green ooze poured out everywhere. The family frees Mr. Martinez and he tells Dr. Brewer that the experiments are historic and he hopes to bring him back on to continue his research. Dr. Brewer concedes that the plants were suffering and he destroys most of them with hopes of planting a few of the normal ones in the backyard. He explains he was mixing human DNA with plant DNA to create something new. The plants in the closet with human features were were suffering. All that moaning sounds that we had heard. He had cut his hand and mixed some of his DNA with the plant DNA and created a copy of himself. The copy was strong enough to outwit him and continue his work. Dr. Brewer was overly obsessed with his work and the kids were happy as things really started to feel normal again. I mean, I can't imagine after all of this, you know, who they've been living with for multiple weeks to start to explain things that that version of Dr. Brewer was actually a plant. I can't imagine being Mrs. Brewer, being unable to... You know determine that that wasn't your husband they all noticed that something was odd was going on but it was actually a plant and I can't imagine the Dr. Brewer is you know tied up not having eaten or probably had anything to drink for a long time so he was probably happy to get out of that situation as well and the kids note that hey you know things were starting to kind of get back to normal they'd gone out for ice cream again and you know it was nice that they a family again and Dr. Brewer says he wants to turn the basement into the best family game room around. And Dr. Brewer heads back down into the basement to ensure that all the remaining plants are destroyed and that the horrible chapter of their lives is behind them. By the end of that week, most of the plants had been destroyed save for a few small plants that were planted outside. The family went shopping for a pool table and things that felt like they were turned to normal. And Margaret was outside enjoying the beautiful golden hills when she noticed a small yellow flower started nudging at her ankle. That's odd. And from the plant, she could hear, Margaret, please help me, the plant said. I'm your father. Really, I am your real father. And just like that, the book ends. Really makes you wonder, to Dr. Brewer Completely stop all of his experiments? Some of those plants that he planted out in the yard, was there a reason he decided to keep some of those? Could this actually be an origin for The Last of Us? But I guess we'll never know. This was a thrilling story with pacing that keeps the readers on the edge of their seats, seamlessly weaving elements of horror, science fiction, and family drama I appreciate that the story started strong and continued to escalate. I'll definitely give this book a strong 4.5 out of 5 rating in comparison with the other original 62 Goosebumps books. Highly recommended. And before we part ways, a thank you to you all for joining me on this Goosebumps Rewind look at Stay Out of the Basement. The mysterious experiments in the basement, the advanced plants that are capable of replacing a human. Your enthusiasm and shared nostalgia make this podcast a thrilling exploration of the Goosebumps universe. As we wrap up, remember to stay connected. Follow us on social media, like and subscribe for future episodes, and join me next time as we rewind the clock once again, exploring the first in the series of Monster Blood. Thanks all.